Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to my weekly podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, we're taking a look at what lies ahead for us in the month of June. Welcome once again to my weekly podcast and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really do appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers and in return you gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month. I don't charge per video or per podcast, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started, and I'll do all I can to help out with suggestions and recommendations to help you on your beekeeping journey. And as usual, I'll leave links to various websites and details about products in the week's show notes as usual. So have you noticed just how quickly the monthly review is coming around. It does seem like we skipped past the start of this season and jumped straight into full gas beekeeping. So we're into June and a crucial period of the season for me and I'm sure a lot of other beekeepers. A lot of my colonies are only just hitting the crime board with bees and brood that I would have expected to have seen in that position probably three or four weeks ago. Normally I would have expected a crop of oilseed rape honey off them by now but they've used all of the nectar flow to catch up from a very slow start and have only really just got to the point where there's going to be an excess of bees in the brood box. In terms of space one full frame of worker brood will give you about three seams packed with bees and I think this is one of those areas where inexperienced beekeepers make a miscalculation and don't get enough space on the colony early enough and the bees then swarm. And that's one of the things that you need to look out for in June. All of those bees mean extra foragers and with limited space in the brood nest area, the only place to put the nectar is in the cells where the queen would otherwise be laying eggs. She gets cramped, the bees get edgy and off they go. Swarm central. Having said that I've not enjoyed a massive crop this spring, I still have the first extraction to look forward to and that's coming up at the weekend. The big challenge for a lot of beekeepers at this time of the year in the UK is bees foraging on oilseed rape and knowing when to take it off the bees and how to deal with it. Because of the high glucose to fructose ratio in the honey, it has a tendency to granulate in the comb very quickly. And if it's not extracted on time, will go solid in the combs. I know of several beekeepers who actively plan for this and simply cut out the comb each spring thereby renewing the comb over the early summer and extracting the liquid summer honey from the new combs in early August. This leaves them with drawn comb for the following spring. So I'm removing supers packed with oilseed rape honey at the weekend and will extract it on the morning that I remove it from the hives. I use rhombus clearer boards. Uh, I made them myself, which in itself is something of a success for me as my woodworking skills are not that great. Basically, it's a crime board screwed onto an eek with the rhombus clearer screwed onto the underside of the crime board to cover the central hole. If the crime board has 
two holes, I simply cover the extra hole with a piece of plywood or something similar. Clearer boards are a strange thing. They come in a range of different types, and they all seem to work on the same principle, that of panic. The workers are shut off from the queen by the clearer board. This then means her pheromone is lost to the workers, and so they head down the opening in the centre of the clearer board to try to find her. Once through, the size of the hole in the clearer means that it's very difficult for the workers to go back through, and once they start running through the clearer board into the space below, they really do clear out quite fast. Talking of which, if you do use a clearer board of whatever type, make sure to give the bee something to clear down into. I usually place an additional super with frames under the clearer board to give them that adequate space. I normally place the clearer board on the colony during the late afternoon, and by the following morning the supers are usually empty, bar for a few stragglers. It's then a simple task of lifting the heavy supers off, bringing them back to base, extracting that morning, and returning the wet super frames that evening to the same hives that I removed them from. I remove the clearer boards and put the now empty supers beneath the crime board, and then move on to the next apiary, and start the whole process over again. To make it easy to remember which hives the supers come from, I write the hive number on the side of the super using a queen marking pen of the same colour for that year, so this year it will be red. Moving on from extraction, I'm still in swarm control mode. Because of the late start to the season for me, it seems some of the colonies are a little later in their swarming attempts. I think June will probably be quite a swarmy month because of this. I'm going to use this to my advantage though, provided I can catch them before they actually swarm. I'll use some of those queen cells from the better colonies to create nukes from. I lost several colonies over the winter, and now is probably a good time to replace them. Again, the process is quite simple. I take the queen and a couple of frames of bees, put her into a nuke box, seal them up, and move them to a different apiary. If I have multiple queen cells, I'll maybe select a couple and make up nukes in the same way as the queen nuke, but instead of moving them out of the apiary, I'll set them up on the hive stand the original hive was on, and allow all the flying bees to split between the two nukes with a queen cell in each. This potentially gives me three colonies with plenty of bees and brood that will build up nice and strongly over the summer months and go into the winter in a full-size hive. I only need to do this with a few hives and you can see how quickly you can increase your colony numbers. Other jobs in and around the apiary include keeping on top of the cleaning. Any of the frames that I've replaced will all need cleaning out and rewaxing. I try to get to replace around three or four frames per brood box so the quantity of frames that need cleaning can mount up to quite a job. I like to have plenty of spare equipment for swarms and increases, so it's important to keep everything ready. Also, any kit that you leave laying around is likely to fall victim to the dreaded wax moth, and then you just have to cut everything out and start all over again. If this is your first season as a new beekeeper, and you've taken ownership of a nucleus colony, then now's the time to keep an eye on them, make sure that they have plenty of sugar syrup going into them. You will probably have purchased a five or six frame nucleus colony and then introduced those into a full-size hive. And it's important to keep the food going into them so that they can draw all of the brood frames on both sides fully and quickly. Once you manage to get all of those frames drawn, you can then take the feeder off 
get a Queen Excluder and a Super on them. And with any luck, you should be able to get them to draw out a Super of Foundation and also take off a small amount of honey at the end of the summer season. But it's important to make sure that that brood box is fully drawn. And once they start working on the outside frames, you'll normally find that they'll be drawing the inner face of those outside frames, but not the outside of those outer frames. And so what I tend to do is to just take those frames out, turn them around and replace them so that the unworked side of the foundation is now facing inwards towards the brood nest and the side of the frame that they have already started working on is on the outermost side. You'll find that the bees will then continue to draw the outer side of that frame but also start working more quickly on the inner face. It might seem strange to say but June is also a period when you really need to be looking out for starvation in colonies particularly if you're going to take some honey off them as a spring crop. It's really important that you take a look through the brood box and assess the quantity of food stores that they have inside that brood nest prior to removing a super. I've had colonies where they look fantastic in the brood box because they are wall-to-wall brood, but when you look closely, you find that they have no nectar, no honey stored, and very little pollen and what they're doing is moving it all up into the super which you then remove extract and when you go back you find that they've run out of food stores and actually they're starting to starve or in the worst case scenario have actually starved and you've lost your colony so it's really important that you keep an eye out for the quantity of food stores that they've got in that brood box and just make a judgment on whether you can actually afford to take that super before you actually do. It's really important that you carry on with weekly inspections. I like to inspect my bees on a seven day rotation. It gets me into a routine and I know that I'm not going to forget any of the colonies that that I haven't then inspected. Now is also a good time to take a quick look for the varroa mite levels that your colony might have. It's important to continue to monitor these because as your colony grows, so the population of Varroa is also going to grow and it can get to the point where it starts to impact negatively upon your colony. There's a fantastic resource on the National Bee Unit website which is a Varroa mite calculator and if you go along to their website and again I'll put the links to it in the show notes but if you go to the National Bee Unit website you can enter in the mite drop rate and the time of the year that you've got and it will tell you within a little whether or not you need to be treating that colony or not. There are various products out there that you can use to treat but remember to be mindful that some of those products cannot be used while there's a nectar flow on. So while the bees are storing honey or you've got active supers on those colonies you can't use some of those products so the thymol based product the amitraz products uh, to name two of them are ones that you really cannot use while you've got honey on the colony so just take a look at the instructions i know that mitoway quick strips or max as it's known is one of the products that can be used again various beekeepers have had problems with bees absconding and queens being put off lay. I've used it on several occasions 
sometimes to very good effect but occasionally I have run into one or two issues myself so I'm a little bit cautious in my use of the Mitoway quick strips now and always tend to use it on the very largest of colonies however it's one product that you can use while you've got honey supers on so it does give you an option finally don't forget to pause for a while if you can and enjoy watching your bees if only for a few minutes it can tell you a lot about the health of your colony what they're foraging on and don't forget it will also give you some much needed downtime to enjoy your hobby well that's it for this week thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast keep the comments coming and next week is question and answers time so until then i'm stuart spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet yeah.